This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hello and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast where we talk about all things spirituality, meditation, health, wellness, and beyond. I'm so excited to have you here. Come on in. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode. I'm so excited to introduce the guest who I have on today, um, Christine Lopez. So Christine and I go back years at this point. We aligned on Instagram. And I feel like in the beginning of my journey, I met a lot of soul friends through Instagram, other people who are practicing Kundalini and in this this spiritual world. Um, and we connected and we just like instantly hit it off. She's doing such incredible things in the world right now. And I can't wait for her to share her story with you and how she got to what she's doing now. I know that you guys are going to love what she's doing and wanting to tune into it. So welcome, Christine. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So nice. And we, it was so exciting because as I shared before, we met on Instagram and then we were able to actually get together in real life and connect. When I visited California, we went to a Kundalini class together. We went to Guru Jagat's class together. Her last class. That was her last class. class? Wait, no, that was, that wasn't her last class. No, No. that was another friend her last class. No, but it was. Yeah, that was wild now that I think of it. And in that class, I'll never forget. I was so excited to take Guru Jagat's class. Um, I've heard so much about her. I was so excited for what practice we would do. And she chose Nabi Kriya, which is was my 40-day Kriya for when I trained. And if anyone knows Nabi Kriya, you know you don't really get excited for that one. But I was like, okay, if Guru Jagat's telling us we need to do it, it must be for a reason. And it was very, very powerful. So powerful. So I just want to hear, I want you to introduce yourself, share a little bit about your story, how you got into Kundalini and just about you. So I actually, you know, it's a funny thing. Like my original, original time getting into Kundalini, I didn't connect it until like years later. Um, when my very first time doing Kundalini was when Layla was a baby, I have an eight year old daughter, Layla, and I was living in Beverly Hills and I was like, not on the path at all at the time. I was just kind of like this single mom, kind of like just trying to find some yoga that I could just take my kid. Cause I was like, you know, I had this baby. And, um, so I, there was in my neighborhood, yoga West, it's no longer called yoga West. I think they changed the name now. And I would see the, you know, the Kundalini people like with their garb and all the, the turbans. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird, but you know, they let you have kids. And so I go in, do the class. And I was going to this class consecutively for like five months every week and forgot about it. And then years later I go, I did the, um, elevate the globe. I met Brit and Tara and I liked, I liked their energy. And then I ended up doing their, um, rise up program. And so during that program, because it's like a couple of months or something, 
don't remember how long, like nine weeks or something. During that time, I was victim of the Woolsey fires. And so I was moving. So we, our house is like in the fire zone for like days. And so we had like excessive smoke damage. And, but the one thing that I did every day during that time was there, I was like on the rise up. Like I was like Mm -hmm. not letting that go. And I didn't have any practice before that, but I just knew like intuitively that that was something that was going to get me through that process. And so I was getting up, I was like moving from hotel to hotel every two or three days. We lived in 10 hotels in like two months and, um, just like really sticking with it. And I got, I just had this life changing experience from the practice and just incorporating the Kundalini yoga and my testimony of Kundalini is based on my own experience of how it changed my life and pretty much saved my life at the same time, because the, the magnitude of what I had pressurized on me, my career ended up changing. I call it my re-ravel because like after that, my career of 10 years, very highly paid career ended, um, everything kind of stopped financially. And I was in a space of where I had to really have faith Mm -hmm. and the Kundalini yoga, like was the one constant thing that I knew I started getting dreams of Yogi Bhajan yelling at me, telling me to become a teacher. And so I ended up taking teacher training during very controversial time. And, um, I ended up going with Rama because, um, it was controversial and, I felt connected to the um, energy of Yogi Bhajan. And um, so that were, they were the ones that were still, you know, you had already done your training, but you and I were yeah. still already friends. Yeah. And I remember yeah. you going to your teacher's training and just being so like, oh, I can't wait to go. But it was just like, it seemed like every time I wanted to do it, like a big yeah. life event would happen where it was like financially, I just couldn't do it. And so yeah. finally, um, during the fire, or no, so after the fires came, we had to move, all these things, and then COVID. <laughs> and so yeah. finally during COVID, I was like, you know what? Because everything, everything in my life was changing. But the difference between me and everybody else is I was already going through stuff for like over a year. Like my life was already like in this like weird, like I call it re-ravel where you're like, I'm my, like the way that I explain it is like your life is like, you're like a beautiful sweater. And then all of a sudden this experience happens and then you have to pull all the thread into a pile to be able to re- ravel you into this new, more beautiful, like garment. And so Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of like the threads being pulled out of the item, (laughs) whatever you would want it to visualize. And, um, ended up just like finding, like really just making it a priority to take Kundalini yoga training. And in that training, I not only was a student of Guru Joss, which she's my, I would consider her my main teacher. And like, I remember like, cause her music really got me through the hardest time too. listening to white sun, mm-hmm. um, yeah. really like consecutive with her, like her, you know, her transmission of the frequency and of the lineage was just like, it really kept me 
on a higher vibrational plane than I even, I mean, and I was down here, but I was like, at least, you know, could have been way lower. And, um, I remember sitting in class on the last day and she sat next to me because I was following her always like reposting her stuff. She sat next to me in one of Hadi Jeevan's classes and she's like, I know you, you're for, I know you from Instagram. And I felt like I was going to like faint. (laughs) (laughs) She'd been teaching me the whole time. Like I'm just like quiet in the back of the class, like little fangirl moment. She's like, my daughter's having a birthday party next week. Do you want to come? And I was like, me? (laughs) Because I was in this like space where everything was kind of like this. And then all of a sudden, and ever since then, like, you know, I find her as like a good friend. Um, Our kids are friends. She's my teacher. And just like literally not from this planet, this person. Yep. She's definitely yep. an angel here yeah. during this time. I can agree more. So the fact that somebody of her spiritual energetic level like was like feeling like seeing me, yeah. I think it like positioned me in a different way. It was really mm. interesting because when you meet high vibrational beings like that, you kind of just have to like and they, they really see you, yeah. even if you're going through the craziest stuff outside, it's kind of like you reposition yourself in a way where you feel more goddessly because you have to be able to match that frequency to even connect with that person. I have such and then chills. Being, yeah. And then feeling the humanness of her and realizing how cool she is. I'm like, oh my God, I love you even more. I didn't think it was yeah. possible. So I'm just like total... It's amazing, you know, so that's, and it really, it's such a testament to how our energy affects others and how, when we are holding this high vibrational space, it does help others to feel that and step into that space. It kind of allows that to happen. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who are listening and want to know more about who she's talking about, I actually was able to interview Guru Joss. Christine was actually the one who introduced me to Guru Joss and um, I had her on the podcast and it's true. Her transmissions are so powerful. I 100% agree. She's an angel on this earth right now that we all really need. And she's the singer of many of the songs that I share, White Sun. Um, So that's just a little background on her, but it's so true. And I'm so grateful that you shared her with me as well, because she is something very special, very special. So special. She's a very big part of my, um, She's a very big part of my journey, yeah. like and, in a lot of different ways. And I want to cry right now because I just really love her. <laughs> no, I understand. And to watch this from the outside, because I saw you becoming closer with her and connecting with her and then going on to the journey that you're on now, how it, like how interesting is that, that you were brought into the realm of music because she holds so much space there and yeah. it's so cool to see. And I would love for you to share more about about that. Yeah. So I started doing sound healing and it's like I picked up the mallets. I don't know if, if forever anybody who's not familiar, it's like um, I'll, I'll, you guys will have the link. I have an album on Spotify now of it's basically crystal bowls. Yeah. I'm going to link this um, in the, I'm going to link it underneath this. Yeah. And I picked up, I picked up the uh, mallets to the bowls and it was almost like magic just happened. And then, um, I connected with 
I mean, it was it was just like the transmission. And I started sending the mantras into the bulls. Mm. I played the gong for a while first. And um, during my Kundalini classes when I was teaching and stuff. Okay. But um, like sticking with the Guru Jaw story part of it, um, I ended up opening for White Sun two times. So cool. Yeah. And like, because Guru Joss wouldn't have it any other way. Like they wanted, I was a member of this, this um, members club in Malibu and I kept trying to get her to come and perform, come and perform. And finally she's like, I want to perform in that, you know, that space. And she's like, but I'm not going to do it unless you, you're opening. So she made it very clear because I don't know if you, if anyone knows LA, like people love to overstep people and just do their own thing and just like forget the people who started things. And like Guru Joss was like, this isn't happening unless Christine is opening for it. And I think literally that's like the reason that I was able to do it because people were like, forget Christine. She's nobody. And I'm like, Guru Joss is like, no, she's going to do this or we're not going to do it. That's the only way it's happening. So we did it twice. It was very, very beautiful. And, um, you know, it was, it was like, that was another place where I want to just share how powerful her, you know, and every, she was actually come to think of it when I got my teacher certification and this is all coincidental and Guru Joss is going to be like, why is your interview all about me? It's so funny. (laughs) But, um, when I got my teacher certification, or when I got my teacher certification, I started teaching at this farm in Malibu. Like it's this very like it's a biodynamic farm, and it was like this cute place. And I got this opportunity, and Guru Das has a little girl instead of I, and they had like this little preschool at this farm. And I was like, why don't I do a class, my first ever class, at this farm? And Guru Das just so happened to be there that day. And so she was literally at my very first class and she posted it on her Instagram. And I was like, it was all coincidental. It wasn't like I, she was like, you know, we didn't plan it that way. I was like, oh, actually, you want to come to the class? Yeah, I'm actually teaching my first yoga class that day. And it's interesting because it's just like divine synchronicities of yeah. like her being my teacher and then watching, seeing me, sending me all the pictures and then also seeing me with the music and like, you know, because I would have these, I'm like obsessed. My whole thing with the um, Kundalini was the mantras and the frequencies and like how powerful the sound is. And so when I was able to um, find something that wasn't me really spinning my wheels, mm-hmm. which was the um, sound healing, which we'll get into, but I just want to just finalize the Guru Joss conversation. Um, it was just felt really, really, really good to be seen by her because I see her as one, like she should, everybody should know her music. I know. You know, there should be one person on this planet who doesn't know her music or listen to it or both because it's very, very um, tantric. And the fact that they are conscious of how the, the frequency that the music provides to help uplift your subconscious. I mean, you think you're just listening. It's the same thing. It's the same as what I'm doing. Like, you know, I play these instruments that are all attuned to 432 and I tell people, you know, the sound healing, it's the easiest form of meditation. 
mm-hmm. because there's no prerequisite. Like if you, my, your mind starts to wander, you just go back to your breath. But other than that, you don't have to try to think, not think. No. You don't have to do anything. You just lay there and you just receive the frequencies. I mean, you're doing yeah. a little sound healing now too, right? It's yeah. just yeah. for like first steppers that aren't ready for the Kundalini because Kundalini is like a commitment. Like that's yeah. like some people, it's like a whole thing. Like, yeah. So I want to share, I want to share two things with you this morning. Okay. I went, as you're sharing about Guru Joss, that everyone should know about Guru Joss's music. Um, this morning I actually have, um, this group of beautiful women who are so open to all of this. And we met today on the beach. We chanted all of Guru Joss's sadhana mantras. And as we got up to the Mool mantra and Satsiri, um, we, I opened my eyes for a moment because I like to take in the sunrise, but also be like very much within myself. So I just peek my eyes open. I look out and there's an army of seagulls that are creeping towards us, a whole group of them looking almost curious and also receiving of the energy. It, it, it actually was mind blowing. I actually started to cry because it is, it's the language of energy. Like no words need to be spoken. Any type of separation is completely dissolved. And it's like this oneness, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, whether you're a seagull, a human, a butterfly, or whatever it may be, you, you f- frequency is real. And it's something that we're all connected to. And it was, it was the coolest thing to see this. And then by the time we finished, I played one of her gongs. Um, it's just added to my sadhana playlist. And we opened our eyes and the seagulls were gone. It's as if they like got what they needed. And that was it. They went on with their day. It was it was so cool. And as you're talking about frequency, I had this interesting, interesting discussion um, with someone the other day who was sharing about the the battle she was kind of having with herself about and I don't I don't really love this term but I want to go there for a minute spiritual bypassing and how she sometimes thinks some teachers for example like how Abraham Hicks is always about shifting and getting into the frequency you want to feel and w- she was she was trying to understand how that wasn't bypassing and how you know she has to do like this deep treacherous inner healing work and it has to feel like work for her to heal and i'm like listen And I think this is a testament to sound healing as well. But I was like, with Kundalini, you you don't have to think. Just like you said, you don't have to think. You don't have to bring anything up. You can just do. And you're able to start healing that, whether you're conscious of it or not. And just as you started this episode saying that this is all through your experience with Kundalini, that's that's how I share as well. I feel like I've been through 30 freaking years of therapy just from my morning practice. And you start to be able to look back and say, wow, look at what I've healed. And without even doing it consciously. So is that what you feel like you also get from sound as well? Yeah. Um, I want to back up for a second yeah. and like add to what you said about the spiritual bypassing, because this is also yes. something that Guru Joss recently talked about in one of her classes. 
So back to sound and the power of our words, right? Yeah. Everything that we talk about gives it energy. Yeah. So anything that we're talking about, we're giving energy to. So, you know, our we're here on this planet as students. And if we're sitting here rehashing out and giving energy to all the things that happen to us, what good are we really doing? Because like, that's what the Kundalini yoga does. Like it recalibrates the whole energy inside of your brain, reactivates your neurological like systems, all of your bodies that are like physical and non-physical. So when you're sitting there rehashing, 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 Guru Joss says, don't talk about the stuff that already happened. Don't give it any more energy. Don't talk about the person. Don't talk. I mean, it's not trying to push it back in. It's about honoring the space. But Mm -hmm. like, you don't need to rehash things because when you do, you're sending more energy into what didn't work about it. What didn't, you know, and if you tune into yourself and just do the energy and move the energy, you know, because like even what Yogi Bhajan says, even if, you know, the difference between doing and not doing something is time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do anything, like when you're angry, if you give yourself the 72 hours and do nothing, things are still happening because time is moving this situation, whether you do something or not. Mm-hmm. So that's where with me, like I was a big believer of the spiritual bypassing and there's things I do and don't believe about the Esther Hicks thing too. I see where she's coming from and I do love her message of raising your vibration but I feel, believe that when you, like, that's what the fist of anger is for. Yes. Like having that yes. moment and holding space for those things. If yeah. you add the, the, the prana and the movement and the medi- like and the mantra with those things that pissed, like that it made you angry, yep. that, mm-hmm. that like, uh, like traumatized you, adding the breath, the prana and the movement to those things and honoring those spaces with, you know, with the Kundalini, you're going to get like many more years of forward movement than talking to somebody every week and rehashing and re going into that space. Mm-hmm. Be- that's my belief. I believe. So I, that's just I to add to, that. Yeah. I, I share the same belief and I just want to be clear. I, Honestly, I love Abraham Hicks and Esther Hicks. And that was a huge transformational vehicle for me. And how I recently saw it is how just like sound is a frequency, just like breath and mantra is a frequency, our thoughts are a frequency. So if we stay on the frequency of the wound we're going to be stuck in the frequency of the wound. But if we're able to somehow, even if it's pretending for a moment to feel a different energy, to feel a different vibration, by then embodying that vibration, we could help shift the entire frequency. And I know this, some people might be listening and be like, what is she talking about? But that's something that I visualized um, the other day and how that works because you don't, you don't want to stay in that space. And just like sound, just like mantra, our thoughts hold, hold it too. And I, I feel, I feel very similarly to you where our energy 
goes where our attention is and where our thoughts are and where our words are. And by using this really powerful practice that I feel so humbled to practice, to share, to teach, it, it just is so transformative. Well, and you know, bring, since we're bringing up these names of these other spiritual people that, you know, let's bring up what Gabby Bernstein just said in her new manifestation book. And she says, choose again. And when you're feeling a low vibrational thought, we have the choice. Like I heard this in another thing. Also the untethered soul, they talk about this, mm. how, you know, we have this annoying roommate that lives inside of our head called our subconscious. Mm -hmm. And it's going to tell us all the reasons why we shouldn't do something because it makes the subconscious, it's like a muscle and it doesn't like to bend. So like, it's going to tell you all the reasons why something won't work. If it's shifting the, the thought process of the subconscious, excuse me, a little tongue twister. Um, and so when you feel yourself dipping into like, that's a cool thing about being a human. And then this like time, because when you feel yourself going into that, like victim mentality or feeling like, why this, why is this happening to me and all these things, you have a choice to choose again. Like, yeah. do, is this the thought that I really want to have about this? Mm -hmm. So you can now take that and you can choose like a better thing. Like if, you know, and that's where I do agree with Esther Hicks is, um, the emotional guidance scale. Yes. Because like, if you're feeling, you know, the lowest vibration is hate and what is it like hate and like death or something. And then it, like, what if I you're believe feeling, it's fear. Yeah. So if you're feeling grief and anger, you're actually supposed to like, you know, feel like it's a, it's actually, um, a win because anger is over fear. Mm -hmm. And so then even just going this much, I do agree with like the fact that, okay, I went this high. If this is all I can do, because there's no way you can go from fear to love. I mean, you can, right. but in, in a situation, it's very hard to, unless yeah. you're really in tune with your energy, but you can go to fear to like resentment. Like it yeah. can go a bad high or yeah. if you're, but like, that's why it's good. It's better to go from your higher chakras. Once you can get into the space of where you're going from, you know, intuition to frustration, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, you can kind of like tither. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. Are we so speaking true. like level three? No. <laughs> it's so true. I should also link the emotional scale that, um, Esther Hicks yeah. shared as well. Mm -hmm. So everyone can look at that. But I remember when I was really struggling, I was going from like, it was, it was interesting because I really, I felt like I was fluctuating from like the bottom to the top in, in separate areas of my life. Like you said, you can't really do it in one um, circumstance. But when I was struggling with health anxiety, I was so in a fear mindset. And then in other areas of my life, I felt such deep gratitude, which is a really high emotion. And it's just like, how can I bring every area of my life to this space? And I have to say, like, I think a combination of 100% Kundalini, a really nice, clean diet, um, and infusing all of this energy from other spiritual teachers. And I would listen to Abraham Hicks all the time and just listen to that frequency of what she was sharing and what she was channeling. And all of that helps us to really shift. So and the gratitude, yeah. the gratitude yeah. is the key. Because yeah. if you can find gratitude in every 
If you can shift a situation that happens to you into a learning lesson and then feel grateful, like that's what I've like, that's been a really big win for me and like my shift from victimhood. Cause I feel mm. like for a long time I was like, why is this happening to me? Oh my gosh. And I had this like plethora of like stuff. And then I had this download one day during my meditation that it was a relatability because I'm a, I'm a healer and I need to be able to be relatable to the people who come to me from a heart space. It's one thing to be like, I, I feel you sister. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. But then it's another thing to say, look girl, I, here's my personal experience of this. Yeah. So having like a hundred different things, like, you know, you too, Having the things where you can look at somebody from your heart and say, I've been there and I feel yeah. you and I understand you. It's a really big thing. But so staying true. in that state of gratitude for every situation, even if yeah. somebody just mugged you in the park, feeling grateful yeah. for the things that did not, you didn't get killed. You didn't, you know, thing, you know, just, I'm, I'm not, those are like worst case scenario. But I'm just yeah. saying like taking even to the darkest thing, yeah. Finding the gratitude of the lesson turns it into a power rather than a victimhood. I couldn't agree it's more. It's so true. It's such a shift, but it's, it's true. And especially as you said, like as a healer and someone who holds space, anytime I experience something challenging, I'm like, this is to help me. This is to give me more awareness. This is to bring me more perspective. This is to help me be able to have more compassion for others. It's so true. And it's all about the mindset and being able to stay in gratitude. But also from gratitude, I feel like there's this graduation to like surrender, which is which was a very big one for me. It took me many, many years to really be able to finally surrender and trust every single thing that takes place and knowing it's all part of a divine plan. Um, but it, once you're able to get to that space, I think you're finally free. You're finally free from a lot. So tell us a little yeah. bit more about your journey from like holding these live events to birthing this beautiful album, which is so powerful that I, I want to share with everyone through this episode. So share a little bit about that. Yeah. the Let's talk about the album, which was a very beautiful labor of love. Yeah. Um, we haven't really promoted it like it should yet because I moved to Mexico. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Fast forwarding, like the day that it released was on the Lionsgate. Yep. And I like this, I didn't. Oh, I have chills. I didn't think about any of these things when all this was like, it was just like, yeah, that day, like I wanted it to be a double number. It was supposed to be um, seven, seven, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be seven, seven. And then just like that date just didn't work out. And I was like, okay, then it has to be eight, eight. Cause it has to be, it has to just, cause it's 2022. And if I'm going to put yeah. it out, I'm going to put it out on a power mm -hmm. day. And I didn't think about the, it being the lion's gate or anything like that. So I'm like eight, eight, that's the day. And then, um, when I went to get my flights to Mexico, buying flights are so interesting because one day it's like $900 the next day it's like $250 and like the, the prices, I don't get it. So there was like one day that the price was actually reasonable and that was on eight, eight. So 
So I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh my God. Cause I looked at it one day, the prices were one price and then they went way up and I'm like, oh my God, I got to just book this flight. It was the universe conspiring. So, um, I ended up being it literally in the air on the lion's gate while my album was like releasing and shifting into literally my manifestation from that I had been envisioning for the last year doing the um Opsahaihoa with um mm. with Guru Joss. Beautiful. And um which is something that you probably teach and if you haven't you probably will after this episode. <laughs> so um yeah the Opsahaihoa is the meditation for your home. And I was actually staying with my fa a family member for the last what was it? A year and a half because things were just so crazy with everything. And I was just like manifesting this home and I envisioned it being in front of the ocean. I live on the ocean now. I'm in um, a small town by Cancun in the jungle. And so um, yeah, <laughs> so that's like the fast forward of the album releasing. But um, so I met this friend through a friend John Krashna, he's amazing. And, um, he is a, he has a foundation for veterans and what, you know, initially I wanted to teach Kundalini, but he's like, nobody's ready for that. Like, and that was like, kind of like how I was always spinning my wheels. Like I always mm -hmm. admired you because you were able to take the Kundalini and like people found how they were ready for it. For me, like I was teaching Kundalini, but like, I feel like people weren't ready for, I don't know if I was too intense with like the, the power of it and not taking it like really, like I was taking it too deep. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Your frequency is perfect. And I see how you just like went out there and boom, like people who weren't even on a spiritual path, they're just like having a morning practice now, thanks to you. That didn't happen for me with Kundalini. So I was like spinning my wheels. I'm like, but I'm a Kundalini teacher. What's going on? And so then once again, we circled back after I got the bowls, I was like, Hey, you have to check this out. I gave him like a sound, a private sound healing. And he was like, Whoa, I slept better than I ever slept. I can't believe it. We're going to do this. So then I, cause he, so his foundation, the Sabo foundation, I'll um, give you the links for it as well. They have their um, for suicide prevention, anti-depression, mm. and for vets, mainly for vets and their families, mm. because the suicide rate for veterans is so high. And the only like when you basically get out of um, service, you get like unlimited prescriptions and like four hundred dollars a month or something like you know what i mean it's like yeah. there's no plan there's no support yeah. it's like here's a bunch of opioids here's a bunch of oh you you're in pain okay great like you get like this laundry list of like pills some people take like 30 to 40 pills a day wow. so what john did after one of his um after losing one of his he was in he's got his whole story i don't I'll just go into the Cliff's Notes version, but one of his big good friends, he was on this um, veterans racing track. Like they used to do like racing and other things. And um, they lost one of their guys like through from suicide. Aww. 
and it just moved their whole entire foundation. They shifted it. And now they offer like all, like all sorts of alternative options for veterans. Um, non-pill he's like i'm anti-pill you know because he sees and they house veterans they house their families people who've lost their you know loved ones from the wars like they do all these amazing things for people that are were in service because literally like there's not a lot of like support like that there's it's just very minimal very bare minimal nobody really like there's not a lot of things that are like very high end they hold high-end events for people treat them like you know, they need to be treated like people need to see veterans and just like honor them, you know, but instead they're just like, like their vibe towards veterans is like, Oh, get out of my way. No, I'm not giving, like, I wouldn't give them money because you don't know if they're really a veteran. Like, you know, so, you know, and then John actually told me, don't give people that are begging on the streets money, like, you know, give them, food or whatever they don't want food like they'll like give you the middle finger if you try to give them food sometimes because they want you know the drugs so and he calls it self-medicating so basically what he does is he works with like cbd companies and um all these different neurological lasers and all these things and my sound healing really like caught his eye they do um wellness they call them clinical wellness they're not really like retreats i call them retreats because it's basically you and i it would be going to a retreat but they have you know they use different language in that world and um they basically go and have work with doctors and do um you know the mdma and the uh, psilocybin and they go into intense weekends with doctors and just go through and take like, we would call it journeys. They don't call it journeys, you know? Um, And so my sound healing is part of their integration after, because they have like a list of things. Cause like a lot of, even in like mainstream, a lot of people that are doing all these journeys and all these things, like they're doing it and then they're not integrating it into their world properly. And it just starts to deteriorate their brain even more. That's another story for another day. But so my sound healing is part of the integration for the vets. That was like the first and foremost. We recorded it at Dolby Atmos we recorded it at like the like legendary recording studio because he wanted everything to be like really top notch. Um, it was where like the Beatles and Bob Marley and like Madonna and everybody, anybody who knows who has been a music recorded at that studio, which is really powerful. It looks so stunning when you were recording there. It's like so old. (laughs) So special. You could just, feel but you could feel the energy I mean, on the walls wow. you could see michael jackson was in there and wow you know all like the, the legends and um and then we f- we finished it in a dolby atmos recording studio which is like you know when you go to the movies and the speakers are like all over and you yeah. like you feel yeah. like the when the the plane is flying by you you feel like it's flying yeah. like actually by you 
Well, we did that with the album. So if you have access to those type of like, you know, I think like Sonos has that and like you can get it if you have like your headphones. Sometimes the headphones have the Dolby Atmos. Um, But we got it like that so that like when I'm doing my guided meditations, we did it from the top because any stereo. So when you listen to stereo, it's right here. It's coming like this way towards you, right? So the, the cool thing about the Atmos is you can move the sound like behind you in different parts of your, you know, spectrum. And so like the meditations we did like over your head. So it's like, you're getting like this talking, like, you know, like I'm like, you're subconscious talking down on you. And just to make it even more powerful because it like affects you even more. Like when I did the gong, we moved the gong when we were playing it back and forth. So you really get the effect in the different parts of your brain because, you know, John did some like research about how the, it's basically the binaural beats, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like taking the two sounds and then creating the third sound. And that's like how the binaural beats work. And um, so when we did it, like we did it really high end and we did it, um, you know, it was really, really it was like, it was one of the most special moments of my life. I'm sure it looked so special. Yeah. I've been, I was in the music industry for a long time. I used to do concert production for a long time and I never really did anything for me. Like it was always me doing like, you know, other people. And it was a really special moment to be in the studio where everybody's like, it was like my studio time and I was able to like create for, with the intention of healing all these people, mm-hmm. even my engineer in Hike, he was with the engineer and producer for Juanes. He was like, Christine, like, he's like, I would leave my, you know, when I was working on your album, I would feel so different after I would leave the studio, he's like, I felt better. He's like, you know, I'm your first like person that you're healing because he's like looping it and doing all his work on it. He's like, I felt so much lighter after working on your project than anything that I've ever done. And, you know, so yeah, that was really, yeah, we're going to be pushing it more. I haven't had a chance to really push it yet, but it's on Spotify. It's oh, on that's Apple what I was Music. Going to Perfect. Okay. So yeah, it's on everything. It was just Apple Music. So now it's on Spotify too. It's on Spotify. Amazing. Yeah. And I'll link both of this in the show notes for everyone so that you can enjoy because it's so beautiful. And you infuse each of them with, with Kundalini mantras as well, correct? Yeah. So yeah. when I play the bowls, I mm. actually speak the mantras into the bowls. When I, you know, Yogi Bhajan's taught a certain way that you're supposed to play the gong. And I, t- I do my gong the way he taught, was taught, that Guru Joss taught me as like all the like very powerful Kundalini teachers. There's a certain set of mantras that you play into the gong. And I do the mantra for, for protection into my bowls. And I do, I, so I do the mantras into my bowls as well so that they can, um, you know, send out those frequencies. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. That's beautiful. And now I want to ask you, how is life in Mexico? How is it? You used to live in LA, LA area. 
Malibu area. Yeah. Agora. And how is this? Yeah. How is the transition to Mexico life? It's so amazing. Like really? there's certain things that you had to be very patient with. Yeah. Yeah. Like the internet. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I pay really expensive internet here. I'm like, I'm just going to get the most, but yeah. You know, there's just a different way of life, but mm -hmm. those are, that's like my, like, you know, my daughter always says, what are your sweets and sours <laughs> of so everything? Cute. So I, I guess, the, yeah. So I guess like the sour starting there would be like certain like speed that I'm accustomed to. And like, yeah. you know, for me, honestly, I haven't really felt, um, I actually, I went twice. We came on 8-8 and then I ended up going back to LA to get my dog because I didn't bring her the first time yeah. and ended up being so excited to go home. And I was only here for three weeks. I lived wow. in LA for like 20 years Wow! and my, wow. my, you know, my condo is oceanfront, like, you know, beautiful. and so I was like, I couldn't wait to get home and it was one of those flight things again where I had to stay there for 10 days. And it was like the longest 10 days of my life. I was like, I just want to go back home. And like, it was like, things were just like not working out again. And I'm just like, yeah. I was like I'm just so over all of this. Cause everything on my way to Mexico, everything just started like flowing into like, I ended up even meeting Mayan elders and I did it art. I am an artist as well. I do the crystal geode art and I ended up doing an art piece with that, um, Mayan elder who is also a Kundalini Yogi and, um, learning about cacao ceremonies and, you know, the Mayan and I'm living in the Mayan Riviera now. And I wow. feel like all the guides and like, I'm just getting full chills. Um, all the guides just really were like, you need to go to Mexico. And in a lot of ways, like this, this condo is like a unicorn condo. Um, it wasn't on the market. I told my realtor what I wanted and she's like, you're never going to believe this. There's a condo available. Exactly what you want. The only building on the beach that accepts dogs. I love it. The only one it. in the whole town. Yeah. And I'm living in a little town. My daughter's dad, and I, he's got a condo, like a penthouse here. He's lived here for, he lives several places, but he, this is where he spends most of his time. And he hasn't been in the picture for a really long time. And I was like, it's time for him to connect with her. She's yeah. eight. They say the first seven years are the most impressionable. She just turned eight. And I said that I told, oh, I had these downloads that now was the time because she's already developed her um, core beliefs through pro the practice. Of, she's actually a Kundalini teacher as well. She teaches on it. stage with Kudu. I love it. I when love we're it. in LA, um, you know, and so I just got this message that it was time for her to connect with that side of her family. Cause I'm not close to my family. It's just me. And I didn't want to be an Island anymore. She's yeah. actually with him right now, which is like Wonderful. so cool. And, um, you know, it's just the beginning of a beautiful chapter for both of us. So special. You know, we, we drive a golf cart in this little so town great. and my daughter drives the it. golf cart sometimes around town. And, 
you know, it like starts pouring on us and we just laugh and, you know, just, it's like a hundred degrees. It's still hot. It's raining and hot. And, um, I don't know. There's just like, you know, I'm holding sound healings here. Beautiful. That sell out every time. (laughs) Um, yeah, I just, you know, I do them in this space. I have them clear all the furniture out and, um, I have a really big balcony that has a jacuzzi bathtub on it. I mean, it's just, it's a dream, you know? And, and so I'm just, um, Mexico, I mean, it's, but here's a funny story about it. So I'm actually part Mexican. My last name is Lopez. I was raised by my mom who was white and never learned Spanish. And I actually had a block because I had a, um, an aunt who kind of used to correct my word placement. And so I just stopped. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. It's too much of a hassle. I just kind of blocked myself as a young mm-hmm. child because I was bilingual when I was a baby. And so um, it's an interesting thing because I met some, uh, I met this guy just at this like in Tulum one day. And he was speaking Spanish and English to me. He's like, what's your name? And I was like, Christine. He's like, oh, Christine Lopez. And he's like, your name's Lopez. He's like, are you Mexican? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, no, I don't speak Spanish. He's like, how dare you? The nerve of you. You're living in Mexico. You don't speak Spanish. You're part Mexican. He's like, how dare you? Wow, how dare I? Seriously, like, dare for me. (laughs) I've only been for two days. (laughs) Wow. But it, like, it it was, like, that was the the shake. You know, sometimes, you know, like, Guru Joss says how she met, like, a powerful, you know, um, what is it? Like, one of those Tibetan, like, llamas. He took her head and slammed it on the table. Oh, my goodness. She's like, whoa. Yeah, wow. she talks about it all the time. Oh my gosh, I've never heard that story. Nowadays, if this would happen, you would do a lawsuit. Oh but my like, yeah. you know, sometimes the shake, the yeah. shake of feeling like out of completely out of your comfort zone and like, how dare you? Yeah. It like yeah. sobers you up in a way where you're like, yep. whoa, yeah. Wow. And it, that I think that was like the guides like pulling the block out because now I'm like speaking Spanish. And like, Good I always you. understood it, but I never Okay. Yeah. Amazing. This is incredible. I'm yeah. so grateful <laughs> that you're able to share your story. And I'm so happy to hear how all this aligned for you and just watching your journey from afar and seeing like you become stepping into the, the teacher space and then finding your way to sound healing and now being in Mexico and everything aligning. And I'm just so grateful for our connection. And I'm so happy to see you living in your Dharma and your truth. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. You've been a big, um, you've been a big inspiration to me. Oh, thank you. You inspire me with how you are able to just go in the, the the way and of course your relationship I always tell you you and Vinny are like so yeah. cute like you guys are so hilarious and I'm always like relationship goals find a complete clown that's OCD everybody needs a clown that's OCD in their life <laughs> that's, that's what I want way to describe him I, I want it. a complete circus clown that is like OCD <laughs> and like that's all I need in my life seriously 
And you got I it. That description. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to relay that message to him and he'll probably love it and embrace it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so true. He's like a total, like, you know, both sides of the pendulum. Absolutely. So He's that earth sign too. That's like taking care of the earth and cleaning up yet. When you see him on Instagram and you think he's one way, it's very, and you, you had the pleasure of meeting him in person. We dragged him and his cousin to gratitude cafe. <laughs> that was fun. You know, he's like raising chickens and like yep. fishing. Yeah. He saved the chicken from the slaughterhouse. I know. So he's it's, pretty it's, cool. Yeah. And yeah. he's got like the, his little indoor like jungle going on in your house. Like I'm seeing, and you know what the cutest thing about you two for me is the the low key like progression of his spirituality. Like if you that. were to tell him, he'd be like, "Wow, oh, fuck that! Not, <laughs> no way! Like that's not me! Like who are you talking about?" But then he's like low key like humming the mantras. And oh, he's, like, totally. Don't look at me. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely, he loves to randomly chant Wahe Guru. <laughs> hey, it's now it's so ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being the person you are, for being a friend in my life that played such a huge role in my journey, whether you're aware of that or not, just always being able to connect and talk all of these things and seeing so many things eye to eye in a time that is so unclear. Um, I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that you set aside the time to come on here and share. As I said earlier, I'm absolutely going to tag everything. I want the foundation for the show notes, as well as the, um, the iTunes and the Spotify link. So if anyone listening wants to tune into her beautiful, powerful sound healings and meditations, you could do so. But Christine, thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I love you so much. And I'm always here for you if you ever need anything. So thank you. It goes both ways. Thank you. And we'll end together with the longtime sun mantra. May the longtime sun shine upon you. May all love surround you. And may the pure light within you guide your way on. Thank you everyone for being here and tuning in and I will see you next time. Satnam. Satnam. Satnam.